God, why did you put me in this situation? We forget that we're the ones that dropped out of school. We're the ones that chose drugs. We're the ones that, and then all of a sudden when our life is in, in shambles, we say, God, why did you do this to me? Only good things come from God. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of Vida Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at canigetanamen at gmail.com. Yeah, man, it's time to start thinking about living. Living, living, yeah. I got an email from a friend today. In it, he asked me, what will be your legacy? What are people going to remember you for? Boy, that had me thinking all day long. Good question. Greetings, everybody. This is Bishop Person Gonzalez. I'm the host of your healthy addiction. Can I get an amen? I'm back from a, well, I guess you can call it a vacation. I was away on a supposed to be cruise, but a Hurricane Dorian had other plans. So I spent time with family and uh, wasn't able to go to the Bahamas. Of course, our thoughts and prayers are with them right now as they try to rebuild uh, that beautiful island after the devastating hurricane that hit them. But thank God that uh, everything is well with us, our family. As a matter of fact, we are uh, celebrating my daughter's 18th birthday. I'm going to do a little segment called Happy Birthday, Mel. Happy Birthday! Today, my daughter Melody turns 18, and my heart is full. She's an amazing young lady. She has my sense of humor and almost everything else, everything good, <laughs> comes from her mom. Not only do I love her as her dad, but I like her as a person. She's one of my favorite people to hang out with and talk to. She's also a really great stand-in date for when her mom can't make it to an event with me. Melody's always my stand-in. She's always right there with dad. She's also a very fiercely loyal friend. Don't mess with Melody's friends. She's a great younger sister to my son, who she treats like her little brother. <laughs> she always tries to protect him and make sure he's okay. I like to say that Melody's my best friend, but the truth is, she's my wife's best friend. Those two have a connection and a love and a relationship that I am proud to be a part of. Melody and Valerie... Those girls get family. When I thought about that email that asked me, what is my legacy? What will people remember me for? It's Melody. She embodies all of my values, all of the things that I care for and think are important. Her walk with God is strong. She loves ministry and cares for people. 
One day I won't be around anymore and only the people that knew me and loved me will be left. I think my legacy will be safe in Melody's hands. If anyone ever wondered what I was like when I'm gone, all they'll have to do is spend a little bit of time with Daddy's little girl. 18 years. We still got a long way to go, but I'm already so proud of the young lady she's become. Happy birthday, Melody. Daddy loves you. Stephen Covey wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he declares, quote, Trust is the glue of life. It's the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's the foundational principle that holds all relationships, end quote. Our most important relationship is our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And while we might all have faith in God, some of us are struggling in the area of trusting God. I preached this sermon called Trust, and I hope that it blesses your life. Let's go to the altar at Vida Church, where we started this brand new series called Walk the Walk. This sermon is called Trust. We're in this new series called Walk the Walk. And listen, part of what hurts the image, the branding of church, while people are so turned off to church, is that so many people talk the talk but never learn how to walk the walk. And so when people look at church, they see a bunch of hypocrites. They see a bunch of wannabes. They see people trying but never get there. Amen. And, 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 it's, and, and, and it's, it's, it's sort of natural, right? I'm the kind of guy that goes to the gym for one week and I walk around flexing. Because I, I feel the pain, it hurts, and so I feel like I look better already. And so I, and so I start, <laughs> this is absolutely true. I am one of those guys that goes to the gym for like a month, and I start putting videos, they're like, this is why you should work out, <laughs> you know. I tell everybody why they should be working out. Because, because for that month, I'm doing it, right. <laughs> and it's always embarrassing when in my Instagram, you don't see me working out in a couple of months. Then I come back, and I'm eating like a, a burrito. Hey, everybody. You know. <laughs> this, is, this is the classic case of, of, of talking the talk and not walking the walk. I would rather us walk the walk before we talk the talk. It's so important for the church to get this right. Every, all the, all the eyes have always been on the church, but I think that the spotlight is on the church and, and believers more than ever. Because, because we're holding on to a truth. We're holding on to what we, what we claim is true. And there's a whole world out there saying, eh, it's not that important anymore. It's not that important. The Bible's not that important. Uh, how, do, how you live your life, you can't even do what you say. And so it's important for us to, to take serious this, this mantle called Christian, this thing that we call Christianity. We got to take it serious, baby. Amen? So... Last week, we're talking about faith, and if you didn't catch last week, it's on our Facebook uh, page. It's, um, uh, it's, it's at CWCRI uh, on Facebook. Um, find us there. Watch that sermon. It's going to bless you. Um, that was on faith. Today, we're going to talk a little bit on trust. Amen? Placing our trust in God is our choice, and one that we have to make wholeheartedly. You can't 
kind of trust someone. Trust is one of those things where you either do or you don't. Am I right about it? Amen. But no, no, no matter what we do, God is going to be with us. God is going to be for us. But trust helps us in our walk with God. It helps define who we are in God. And I really want us to get this, uh, this into our spirit. Little babies, when they start to crawl, we, we know that they're about to start walking. And uh, I don't know if, if the little guy there has already started walking. He looks like a crawler to me, right? But crawlers are those, those kind of, my son Jazz, who's somewhere over here, it's so funny, when he started crawling, he only crawled backwards. I don't know why. We couldn't understand it. He just, he only had reverse. He didn't have a drive gear. But when, when babies start crawl, parents know, okay, they're going to start walking soon. And so parents start to, to do things. They start to prepare the house. They put things in the house, in the living room, where the baby can, can hold on to something and hold themselves up. First, that's how they do. They start to hold themselves up in the cribs, and they, ah, ah, and they start jumping, and, and, and they start behaving the way they do because something's happening. They've got an urge to walk. This, nature's kicking in. But, but some kids are really shy about walking. Some kids walk later in life. And, and one of the things that will help children to, to want to walk is, is something called trust. Yeah, uh, parents will hold their hands. And, and I remember when Jazz was little, Jazz had real crooked feet. I mean, this kid was like really crooked feet. And, and one time we were holding their hand, Jazz's hand, and we were, oh, look, he's walking. And one of my sister-in-law said, he ain't walking. Look at those crooked feet. It's true. We were holding his hand. He was not walking. But holding his hands gave him trust. Not in himself, in us, his parents. He started to believe that if he were to fall, mommy and daddy would be right there to pick him up. They were able, and that's what kids do. They start to earn or to develop this trust in parents so that they can walk. And God is, is right now maybe holding your hand, teaching you to trust him. Amen. God is trying to build you up so that you can walk on your own. But for as long as you need him, he'll hold your hand. I remember the day that my Melody started walking. Uh, I was holding Melody. She was standing up. Mommy was right over there, not too far away. And we're saying, okay, Melody, it's time to walk. And she's just looking at her mom. And her eyes, Melody had huge eyes. And it's just wide open looking at mom and mommy's calling her and, and she's looking at me and I'm holding her and, and, and that moment of trust wasn't in her feet. It wasn't in, it was that, that mom was there, that mom was calling. And she took a couple of steps and she plopped down to her floor and fell on her bottom and she looked around and she looked at us like, should I be crying? And we're like, yay! Right? Because we're trying to develop this faith. Listen, over and over again we fall and I can almost hear God saying, all right, you're doing better. That was one more step than last time. God is trying to develop us to be walkers. Walkers of what? Walkers of trust. Trust. Amen. Life is always going to tell you that things are out of your control. Oh boy, when you send your kids to school, uh, you get a, a boss that just doesn't get you. Your style of working doesn't jive well with that boss. And, 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 and you feel like life isn't in control. And, and boy, it feels like the whole world is trying to teach you that you can't control anything. 
But, but I'm so glad that even when things are out of my control, my faith and my trust tells me that nothing is out of his control. I can trust in God. I can trust God. I want to remind you this morning that when, when you can't see the hand of God working in your life, you can still trust the heart of God that he is for you. That he wants the best for you. That he wants to prosper you. And that he wants to bless you. Today I'm going to say something that I don't know that you've ever heard. It's, when you hear it, you're going to say, I must have heard that somewhere. But let me tell you this. All good things, all good things come from God. All good things come from God. Amen. Amen. That puts me in a place where I can trust him. Somebody here needs to focus their eyes on him today. To be still and to know that he is God. We need to see whatever momentary trials we're going through. These, these difficult things, these pitfalls that we're going through right now. You've got to believe that if I trust God with my life, then anything that's happening to me is not a, a setback. It's a setup for me. It's a setup for the glory of God. It's a setup for my conquest. It's a setup for my victory. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Amen. Trust in the Lord. Tr tell your neighbor, trust in the Lord. Amen. Last week, Pastor Rick did a beautiful job of, of putting faith in context for us. He made it possible for us to take this next step. Right? Take a step to walk into to faith. But most people fail to consider the difference between faith and trust. Some of us think that faith and trust are the same thing. They're not. Faith and trust are not the same thing. Faith is a strong belief in someone or something without any logical proof. That's what faith is. Faith says that even though I have cancer and the laws of, 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 of science is that, that, that if I have stage four, stage five cancer, I may not survive this. I'm supposed to die. Faith without any logic says I believe that God can heal me. God could suspend the normal rules of the way things happen and he can give me uh, 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 my healing. That's what faith says. Faith is amazing to have because it doesn't need logic. It, you just have to believe. Amen? Trust is different. Even though faith can exist without logic, trust is the firm reliance on the character and the integrity of another. In other words, when you develop faith in God, you believe. When you develop trust in God, you know. Amen. Once you establish faith in God, the next step to being completely reliant on Him is trusting God. A lot of people that believe in God, but still don't trust God. I can tell the people that don't trust God because, because when you're going through stuff, your faith says you're going to make it through, but your actions tell, tell me that you're freaking out. Trust says I'm going to keep my cool. Trust says I know that God has a plan. Trust says that even when things go bad, all things work together for the good of those who love and fear the Lord. So I'm going to trust God. Amen. Beyond my faith, 
I'm going to trust because now, because I have had faith in him without evidence, he's done enough things in my life over the course of my life to earn my trust. Now I'm taking all the times that he did it when I asked him to. <laughs> I'm taking all the experiences that I had, those miracles that I can't explain away. Those things that can only be, that can only have been God. Now I'm taking all those past experiences and I'm bringing it into my now. And I'm walking now with the assurance that not only that he can, but that he wants to. That's trusting God. That's trusting God. Faith and trust are not the same thing. As a matter of fact, faith and trust run on two entirely different things. Faith runs on hope. Trust runs on evidence. Amen, somebody. So, so if I'm going to have faith, faith has been called the substance of hope. I can, that's what faith is, the substance of hope. Hope is this, this wish, this, this, this belief. Uh, Jesus is our hope. Amen? So it's not this wishy-washy kind of hope. It's a hope on Jesus that he will. Amen? But we have no evidence to, to support that. And those that are scientific minded have trouble with faith. Because faith is not logical. Faith defies logic. And that's why so many people that live in their head and, 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 and they need proof and evidence. for They have such a hard time believing. Because they want to see the concrete evidence. And while, while they're looking for the concrete evidence, they're missing all the stuff that God is doing to, to, to get you to, to trust him. Yeah. Faith requires no evidence for belief, nor practice. The very, the very nature of faith surmises that tangible evidence doesn't exist. If you need faith for something, it's because you have no proof or evidence that this can or will happen. Hmm. Substance for the things hoped for and the evidence of the things yet not seen. That's what faith is. Amen? So faith is a big jump for people. Trust. Trust is a little different. Trust does not run on hope. Trust runs on evidence. I can meet you today and love you today, but I ain't going to trust you until you earn it. Amen? I'm free. I tell everybody I love them. I, t I tell the stranger. I today I'm going to tell a bunch of strangers, God bless you, I love you. They're going to look at me like, you don't know me. But I can love people that I don't know. I don't trust you. Trust comes different. Trust is a whole different level. I can love people I don't trust. My wife loved me while she didn't trust me for years. <laughs> but trust is something that you can earn. Amen. Trust is based largely on evidence. That is real according to the senses of the human reasoning. Listen to this. That in order to trust God, you do need faith because faith tells you that God is even though you can't see him. So it, it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to serve God without faith. Amen? So you have to believe that he exists. So for that, you need faith. But for the, for the next part, you don't need as much faith because trust is evidence. Listen to me. 
I've looked at every religion, every major religion in the earth. I've sat with, with teachers of every major, major uh, 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 religion of the earth. I've sat, I've tried to understand. I think I've come to a pretty good understanding of what makes other religions work. But at the end of the day, the evidence that I have picked up, the, the, the proof uh, that I have seen leads me to Jesus. Jesus isn't some, 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 something that I inherited from my father. Jesus is something that, th that through the evidence of, of the world, uh, my experience, this is where I ended up following a logical path. So, so when I looked at the, at, at the logic of Christianity, the logic of Jesus, and, and, and I started to see the evidence of my own life, I was able to get come to the conclusion that I can trust God based on who he is and what he's done. Amen. Amen. It's one thing to believe in God. A lot of people believe in God. But it's another thing to trust him. To trust him blindly. And it is human nature to fear the unknown. The struggle with uh, Placing our trust entirely on God is something we, we must face at one mo moment or another in our lives. Everybody's got to come to that conclusion. But it boils down to this. Faith is a belief system. Faith is a belief system. Trust is an action. To trust, you must do. To have faith, you just need to believe. Amen? And I'm not saying one is greater than another. I'm saying that, that, that one can turn into another. I'm saying that if you start with faith, you believe that God is, you believe that, that he's there and that you believe the word is true, the Bible is true, you can get from faith to trust. You can start to believe the word of God. You can start to believe what God, you can trust your life over to a God who is all loving, all powerful, all knowing. Amen. Trust takes things a little bit further. It's making the willful choice to trust that God will do what he promises. And in Mark chapter 9, there's a little story that I want to share with you. Mark chapter 9 is a story of a man who has a, a son who is sick. These days, these translations, they'll say the child was sick. The old translations say the child was demon-possessed. I'm going to go with the old translation. All right? If, if, you, if, you, look at the kid, if, if you look at the symptoms, the kid was having spasms and seizures. He probably was, 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 was a kid that was having trouble with seizures. In those days, they call it he was demonic-possessed. All right? And so, they, and so this man brings his kid to Jesus, but he gets to his disciples first. And, and Jesus is busy, he's preaching, he's teaching. So he says, hey disciples, can you help liberate my son from this demon that's been attacking him? And the disciples pray, and the disciples lift up their hands, and they kneel down, they lay hands, they pour oil on the kid, nothing happens. Nothing ha and here's his father looking at the disciples of Jesus try to rebuke this demon or heal this child. And, and here he is believing because he wouldn't be there if he didn't believe. But now something's happening to his trust. Because, because the people that are closest to Jesus can't, can't help his son. But his belief is still powerful because, because something drives him to get to where Jesus is. 
He says, okay, I get that his disciples couldn't help me, but I wonder if he can. All right? And so, so here's this beautiful story in Mark chapter 9. He gets to Jesus and he says, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with the spirit. I told your disciples to cast it out and they couldn't do it. And Jesus answered them and said, now he's talking to his disciples. Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the child to me. Bring the child to me. There's a sermon there. Bring the child to me. I'm not going to get into it right now. So they brought the boy to Jesus and he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? The father said, from childhood. Listen to, this, listen to what he says now. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can. <laughs> what do you mean, if? Now, it's clear to me that the father had faith. He wouldn't have been there if he didn't believe. He wouldn't have stayed after the disciple failed if he didn't have faith. He made it to Jesus with faith. But I think that Jesus is trying to figure, I think that Jesus is figuring out, oh, <laughs> you're not doubting that I can do it. You know I can do it. What your real question is, can you trust me to do it? Because, because the answer of the Father, when Jesus said all things are possible for them to believe, the Father says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That sounds like a contradiction. But if you really look deeper, what he's saying is, I'm here because I believe. But, but, but everything that happened to me on my way here has been messing me with my trust. He's saying, God, I know you can do it. Jesus, I know you can do it. I'm wondering if you will do it for me. Can I trust you to do it for me? Most of us have faith for other people. But it's the me part that we have trouble believing in. Jesus is saying, look, man, you can believe in me, but I want you to trust me too. Huh. Jesus, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately he cries out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Help me trust you, God. Help me grow in the issue of trust. And some of us who have been let down by our fathers, some of us that have been hurt by church, some of us that have been, been, been just beaten up by life. We have a faith in God we just don't trust. We just don't trust. And today God is trying to bring you to a place of faith and trust in him. Without question, the father had faith. The adverse circumstances that were threatening to collapse his trust in the Lord is what he was having trouble with. I love that Jesus responds and he casts out the demon and the boy is healed. The boy is delivered. And I really love what happens next. <laughs> the disciples get to Jesus and they're on their own. Nobody else is there. And, and, and they say, hey, uh, hey, Jesus, uh, why couldn't we do it? We believe. But why, why couldn't we do it? And, and, and one, of the, one of the little verses that so many of us know by memory is, 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 is nestled right in the, in, the, in, in the heart of this story. Jesus, Jesus, when they said, why couldn't we drive it out? 
Jesus said, because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Now it's important that he said mustard seed. Because, because not only is the mustard seed the smallest seed that was known to, to the people of Israel at the time. It was, it was also the seed that had the most explosion after it blossomed. So, so Jesus chose mustard seed not just because of the size of it, but because what happens when you put it in the right environment. The mustard seed, the mustard tree, I saw it when I was in Israel. It's everywhere. It's one of the most predominant trees, bushes in, in, in all of Israel. The mustard seed is everywhere. Because not only do you only need just one little one, once it blossoms, once it grows, Boy, the proof is irrefutable. It spreads like wildfire. <laughs> I like it that Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will be moved. And, and listen, and nothing will be impossible to you. Man, most of us believe in the power of God thanks to our ex personal experiences and through the reading of the Bible and, and, and knowing God through our experiences. But putting these beliefs into action can be the true challenge to most of us. You ask anybody out there, you believe, I believe in something. I believe in she, I believe in he. They'll tell you a bunch of stuff, right? But a lot of people, about 76% of Americans will say they believe in God. Question is, do they believe in him enough to trust him? Oh, that's personal relationship. That's personal, and I believe that that's where God is calling Vida Church. If, if you want to go take your, your, your walk with God to the next level, you've got to graduate from faith to trust. Bring faith with you because you're always going to need it. But you need to walk in trust. We need to walk in trust. Amen. Placing our trust in God is our choice and, and, and one that we have to make with all of our hearts, no matter what. There's, there's two sides to faith, and both of these sides to faith are good. There's no bad side to faith. But there's, there's a passive faith, and then there's, there's an active faith. I'm going to share this with you before we finish here. Passive faith is sufficient to arrive at the belief that God is the one and only source of all goodness in your life. Listen to that. I'm going to say that again. Passive faith is enough for you to get to the place where you believe that Jesus, that God, is the only source for all good things. Now, some people in this room are we're going to say, hmm, I like that whole sentence, but is he the only source of good things? Can I find good outside of God? Can I find good outside of God. Hmm? I, think, I think that that's what trust is all about. I think that faith turning into trust is this acknowledging, oh my goodness, only good things come from God. All good things come from God. All good things come from God. We need to, we, we need to get to that place in humility because, because if I am not humble before God, I can start to think that good things can come from me. 
That good things can come from my wife, that good things can come from marriage, and those things have been set by God. And, and, and my point to you is, all good things come from God. And if we can start to see, if we can let our faith flex and let our trust blossom to the place where we know that all good, only God is the source of all good things, then we are growing in trusting God because even when bad things happen, we don't blame God because we know that only good things come from God. Bad things come from other sources. Bad things come from me. I can make bad decisions, amen, and I can try to blame God for the decisions that I made. God, why did you put me in this situation? We forget that we're the ones that dropped out of school. We're the ones that chose drugs. We're the ones that, and then all of a sudden when our life is in, in shambles, we say, God, why did you do this to me? Only good things come from God. Only good things come from God. Bad things come from us. Bad things come from the enemy. Only good things come from God. Oh, Bishop, that's a little bit too simplistic. Well, then simplicity is what you need. All good things come from God. Only good things come from God. All good things come from God. That's going to, that's going to, that's going to, that's going to change. Listen. <laughs> no, no. I love dog lovers. I love dog lovers. I'm not a dog lover myself, but, I, but, I, but the psyche of a dog lover is amazing. The way they love their dogs, like their children is... I, I see dogs with pampers and sweaters. Dogs dress better than people's children sometimes. It's amazing how people love their dogs. And I'm not knocking it. I, I love it. And, 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 and somewhere, these dogs, they can show such affection and they can show such dedication and loyalty that we can confuse them from human emotions. I, I'm not saying a dog can't love, but let's be honest. Your dog really, really, really likes you because you feed it, you pet it, you take care of it, because all good things come from you. As far as your dog's concerned, well, man, every time I'm with this dude, good things happen to me. I hang out with this dog, this, this person, this human, and I eat real good. I hang out with this human and he pets me and he scratches the back and he does all this good stuff for me. He grooms me. He bathes me. He does all this good stuff for me. I, of course, I'm going to love this guy. Of course, I'm going to love this girl because all good things that happen to me are coming to me from him. Now, you'll know the difference in a dog that's been beaten because that dog doesn't walk around with confidence. That dog is always afraid. It looks around like, who's going to hit me next? That, that dog has a relationship with a human or has had a relationship with a human that does not give good things. And some people think that God is like that parent that, that, that punishes to hurt. And so we've gotten this skewed vision of God that good things and bad things come from God. No, bad things don't come from God. But he created me broken. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Bible says that, why does he allow sickness? God's plan wasn't sickness. Bible, the Bible gives an answer for where sickness comes from. Sickness comes from sin. It wasn't, it wasn't God's plan for us to be sick. It wasn't God's plan for us to be poor. As a matter of fact, that's why he made this beautiful planet that could feed everybody on it a hundred times over. The reason people are hungry is not because of God, it's because man. And so we're angry at God for things that we're doing. 
and our trust is broken because we don't we can't trust the God that allows kids to be hungry in 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 in, in Haiti. And so we 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 lose our trust in God because we associate God with bad things. This morning I'm trying to tell you God doesn't do bad things, my brothers and sisters. These bad things are consequences of our bad decisions, of our sin, and of an enemy that wants to destroy mankind. God only does good things. God only gives good things. Amen. He said it himself. Amen. Uh, salt water and, clear and fresh water can't run from the same fountain. Amen. God can't give bad things and good things. No. If he's good, he's good. He's good through and through. And everything that he does is good. Amen, somebody. Amen. And if I, if I can trust God the way, the way Pastor Rebecca's dog, I've seen the way Pastor Rebecca's dog looks at her and James. They look at them like, oh my goodness, you're awesome. And, and you can walk out of a room and walk back. Oh my God, you're back. You're amazing. How did you do that? It's that kind of thing. It's that kind of devotion. I think that, that God has earned. It's not, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not something I want you to give God uh, because without any basis, I'm telling you that God is good. So, passive faith is enough to get you to realize that God is good. That's passive faith. But once you believe in God, and once you believe that He is the only source of all goodness in your life, then you can enter into active faith. Having an active faith means that you allow your belief present in your life, your, your, inte your, your intellect, to move also into your will and ultimately into your desires. Now, trust is in my will because he's good. Now, trust is a part of my mind because I know he's good. Uh, so long as you doubt God is good, you're not going to trust him. But I believe, I believe that there's enough evidence in scripture and in your own life, if you start to look back, I believe that there's enough evidence in your life where you can say, man, God has been good to me. God is good. In other words, if you allow what you have come to believe to change you, God will change you. That truth begins to change you. The result of believing in God and entrusting yourself to him is the glorious transformation of your soul. That's how we get transformed. We talk about transformation in church all the time. But transformation happens when we believe God and we trust him. Amen. Amen. And the act of transforming us, and, 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 and I'm really, for real, this is, my, this is my close now, for real. I'm giving you a two-close special. Usually I do three. Today's two. Believing and trusting Yourself to God is not something that you can do for yourself. Now, you can't make yourself trust God. Just like that seed can't make itself grow. You can't make that seed grow. This is what you can do. You can put a seed in your palm of your hand and it'll never, ever grow. Seed, it's so funny. Seeds are dead. They come to life once you bury them. That's where they come to life. Amen? Now, we can... We can, we, can, we can sow the seed. Amen? But after that, all we can do is water, give it sun, give it care. But we can't make the seed grow. Just like you can't make yourself trust God. That's his department. All you can do 
All you can do is put yourself in the position to grow and let God take care of the rest. Your trust in God comes from his work in your life. <laughs> I can't make myself trust in God just like I can't make myself be 6'3 and dunk. That's what I wish I could do. I can't make myself be taller. I can't make myself grow. And you can't make yourself trust God. All you can do is receive the seed of the word of God. Sow it into your heart. Nurture it. Water it. And God will make it grow. Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com or wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.